This is CX of M Radio, the voice of customer experience professionals. theme music. We wanted to do something a little different. So welcome to episode number 52. Yes, we have been hanging in there for a year, pressing forward for a year. I'm excited to celebrate. Thank you for joining me on today. Welcome those of you that are listening for the first time. Happy birthday, (laughs) happy anniversary, however you want to look at it. We are celebrating one year on today. And today we're going to wrap up. I decided, you know what? I could keep on talking about UX and the age of information for for God knows how long. There's so much going on in misinformation today. There's, There's so many different contributing factors. There are so many examples that we could share. I think we've driven home the point already. So today we're basically just going to go ahead and wrap this topic up. I think it'd be fitting to do that today. And we want to just spend some time just talking about the solution. I mean, we've talked about issues on medium. We've talked about issues on places like Reddit, just social media in general. We've talked about educational sources. They tell you that they're going to do things to help you grow and to to help develop your acumen in UX. But a lot of times they either do anything, but they just don't offer you anything at all, or they offer you some things while it's detracting in others. And the combination of the two pretty much negate any progress you would have made because it just detracts from, from what you're building. So again, there's just so much going on with regard to misinformation. And and it's it's in a sense when it comes to arenas or disciplines that are fighting with the issue of of misinformation and it, it's funny even that just made me think about how some people say that we should not use the word fight when you're talking about user experience that that it's inappropriate to talk about fighting. Uh, number one, it's a figure of speech. Number two, it is a fight because there's such an uphill battle so many times to get things done. It's a figure of speech, folks. Uh, I actually had somebody tell me once, we shouldn't refer to it as a fight. We're not experiencing a fight. No, that person wasn't experiencing a fight. And that person wasn't experiencing a fight because of where they were operating. If you really want to do UX the right way, you need passion. You need to be committed. And we're going to show you today, we're going to talk about what you need to do in order to make sure that you can overcome misinformation because it's not going to stop. There, there is no, no hesitation in the momentum of misinformation today. 
in the world of user experience. And so, you know, uh, what are we going to do? I mean, look at the world today. We're in the midst of a pandemic. We're hopefully on the tail end of it now. But, I mean, even when the pandemic is over, there's going to be illness. There are going to be viruses. And, And so when you look at it from that perspective, there are going to be things that are going to challenge us. There's nothing that's going to stop that. But we can do things to make sure we're as healthy as we can be. We can eat right. We can exercise. We can be immunized. There's a lot of different things that we can do. But, you know, you're not going to stop those things. That That's just the way life is. And and so we're, we're, this is not uh, doom saying. Uh, this is not what some people will call negative and yes, it is misinformation to to present truth as a negative issue. Uh, um, we need truth today. It may not be comfortable. It may not be popular. It may not make us feel good in the moment. But if you embrace it and do the right things in the long run, you're going to be fine. You know, but, but again, there, there we have a lot of things that, that challenge us today. Think about counterfeit money. That was one of the things as I prepared for this episode. I began to think about counterfeit money, and I think I've talked about this before, but it behooves us to bring this up again on today. There's counterfeit money in the world, right? Is it going to stop? No, <laughs> it's it's pretty much not going to stop. Uh, it's been around since, I don't know when it first started. I don't know the history of counterfeit money. I just know that in watching movies and things like that, you, you it's always coming up. And and when you look at history, you look around and, and see different stories and articles and things of that nature. It's something that our society has dealt with for a while. Now, think about counterfeit money for a moment and think about the fact that as we start to talk about how we overcome misinformation today, people who are experts at identifying counterfeit money, just in case you didn't know this or never heard me or someone else talk about this before, people who are experts at, at, at identifying counterfeit money do not study counterfeit money. Isn't that something today? They do not study counterfeit money. The people who, who are experts and who can identify counterfeit money, they study real money. They focus on understanding what a real currency, real real piece of currency looks like. And when you become an expert at identifying real authentic currency, anytime you see currency that is not authentic, it jumps out at you. You're able to identify it quickly. We can learn from that today. In order for us, I want to be thorough. In my user experience practice, I would think if you're listening today, I would hope that you would like to excel in your UX practice. I would hope that people want to do the right things. And and there are some things that we can do similar to the people who are experts at identifying counterfeit money. We can do the same things. Yes, there's a lot. Again, yeah, we, we talked about the medium articles and yeah, to a great extent, it's a cesspool. A lot of places that talk about user experience and a lot of resources that that say that they're trying to educate you. Uh, it, it's it, it's a mixed bag uh, in some cases. And in some cases, it's just it the 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 scenario is just bankrupt. 
Uh, a lot of people are willing to say that they want to educate you, but they're actually they're making you subservient or dependent upon them. That's not education. I'm not trying to make anybody nor am I making anybody dependent upon me today. I'm giving you things to look at and you can go back and you may not hear me again for another 10 or 15 episodes. The name of the game is to provoke critical thinking. Someone referred to this really, this really uh, touched my heart in a sense. It really made me, made me go, Hmm, Hey, good point. Somebody said, I don't think you're being negative. Shout out to Jacob. You're not being negative. You're being pragmatic. The things that you're saying are pragmatic. And someone else said, and the things you're saying are necessary. So it's funny. And and I work very hard, whether it's the written statement or whether it's the spoken statement to, to make sure to provoke thought so that people can be their absolute best. This is where we want people to be today. This is where I want to be today. And again, I hope you want to be there as well, but it's not going to happen by osmosis. Again, think about the counterfeit money experts. Those people wrap themselves around expertise of identifying genuine currency. We will do the same when we work at understanding UX for what it really is. This is the focal point. So I'm going to... Uh, turn back the clock just a little bit, uh, maybe fitting for this, our anniversary show. And I'd like to call back to your remembrance how that we talked about something that I call the UX cycle of excellence. There happen to be some steps in that seven step process. There are some things that we can do. Uh, and, 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 and one of the reasons that I prescribe it is because not only does it help you develop as a user experience professional, no matter what stage Uh, of maturity you're in as a professional. It also helps you. It garrisons you. It will sort of uh, insulate you, if you will, cognitively insulate you when it comes to, to issues associated with misinformation. Now think about it for a moment because we need a filter, right? Well, you're not going to, to have a proper filter if you don't do certain things. Number one, and it's step one in that UX cycle of excellence process. One of the first things we need to do to develop a filter and to be able to stand firmly and successfully against misinformation is that we need to properly define the discipline. One of the reasons that people are fall victim to wayward discussions on Reddit or or misdirected articles on on Medium or people who hear someone cry out and call call those of us that are that that are calling for 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 heightened uh, um, commitment to value and a, a fo- having a focus on quality. There's nothing wrong with that, no matter what the discipline is. But when you do that today, a lot of people will say that people like me, people who 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 are advocating for such things, they call us gatekeepers. Now, it, it's funny, and, and we're going to talk about this in great detail in the not too distant future. They refer to those of us calling for quality as gatekeepers. And one of the things, just to give you a little sneak peek, one of the things I found out about gatekeeping 
is, and this is going to be a shock to many, but it goes to show some of the dangers of misinformation because there are actually layers of misinformation. We won't get into that today. Some of them are simple. Some of them are completely uh, uh, just, just, just downright, just innocent in general uh, with regard to what they consist of and how they are presented. And then there are some are downright vicious, malicious, meaning to actually cause other people harm and working to discredit people. When we call for, for quality, we're not discrediting anybody. If you are, are guilty of what we're talking about, when we point out something that's incorrect, all you have to do, stay exactly where you are, <laughs> turn your back on that thing that we're calling out. Well, you need to digest it. You need to understand it. Don't, don't take it at face value. Understand what it is. Understand what will happen if you do things the right way, move in the proper direction and continue as you were. So it's interesting that people say that we're trying to stop folks from progressing when we're actually giving you what you need so you can progress and progress in a way that you will have no buyer's remorse. You you won't be sorry for having gone in this particular direction. Very interesting. Oh, so they refer to us as gatekeepers, saying we're trying to block people. We're not. And point I was about to make a moment ago, if you really study gatekeeping, yes, there's a lot of information out there on gatekeeping from the inception of gatekeeping to the different things associated with cultures that are associated with gatekeeping. You would be shocked. Some of us, some of us already know what I'm about to say. Folks, gatekeeping actually is not a bad thing. Go figure. It's not a bad thing. People have been presenting gatekeeping and trying to paint a picture as if gatekeeping is bad, actually accusing so-called gatekeepers of doing things that we're not actually doing, taking this false concept, misinformation, associated with gatekeeping, applying it to people and saying that we're doing something that we're not doing, and then getting folks to blindly operate in opposition or join, talk about a fight, those people are violent, very nasty. They start to yell and scream. They're posting in uppercase letters and doing all these things. And the thing is, when you really look at the things that people, me and that people like me are saying and doing, there's nothing to yell about in response to what we're saying and doing. We're simply pointing something out. You need to learn information architecture. You need to learn about heuristics. Uh, I, I actually know about a situation where I delivered a talk on heuristics and I received word that some people actually began to protest vehemently about what it was that I presented. Why would you do that? There is nothing about heuristics that, that should lead anyone to believe that embracing those principles are not in your best interest. It, it makes no sense. So, but when somebody is drowning in misinformation, those are the kind of results that you would get. So anyway, I, I'm, I'm sort of jumping ahead here. Let's get back to the, the what I'm trying to communicate today. You need to properly define the discipline. Make sure that you know what UX is. It, it is not about making things look pretty. It is not about, you, you're not an order taker. When you look at the, the definition of the discipline and how the discipline is to operate, which is part of properly defining the discipline, 
we don't just sit there and do something because someone tells us to. We actually have to make sure that we validate everything, make sure that we're moving in the right direction. And someone may say that they want you to do A and B, but if you will delve into the data a bit more, you may find out that we not only need to do A and B, but it's in our best interest to at least start to consider C, D, and E. This is what happens when you understand the discipline the right way. And see, when you understand the discipline the right way, you don't fall for bad job posts. <laughs> you, you don't allow people to dictate to you what UX is, people writing these articles full of misinformation, trying to tell you what UX is, and then, but you never bother to investigate who the author is. And you find out a lot of times that these authors who write these really strange articles or videos or uh, uh, they film videos, whatever it is, there are a lot of people that are saying things that are trying, they're trying to define the discipline, but they're actually misdefining the discipline. And we have to give a thumbs down to that and reject it. See, because if you accept it, you will begin to misdefine the discipline. And now you're a contributor to the misinformation and UX. See, when, when, but when you properly define it, no matter how deeply you may get involved, you then become an ambassador. You then become a an authentic representative, not a gatekeeper, not in the sense of what those people are talking about, the detractors today, but we understand this is what UX is. This is how UX operates. If you have a UX team, this is what the team should be doing because UX maturity levels are just completely dysfunctional today on average, and to a great extent, the reason for that is because a lot of the people who have been around for any length of time don't like to stand up and tell people when something is wrong. They don't take a stand and they let the articles and the people who get up and have their talks and the people who are writing their books and all these different things, they let them say things without having anything to say to stand up in opposition to that to that misinformation. That's one of the reasons why UX is in the state it's in. But at any rate, make sure that you properly define the discipline. The next one, we need to make sure that we embrace the foundational tenets of UX, the real ones, the real ones, folks. I just mentioned some of them. Heuristics, embrace it. If you haven't embraced it in your practice today, no problem. Just start embracing it going forward. See, we're not stopping anybody. We're just saying, hey, you're going the wrong way. Make sure you go that way. The right way is over there. Please start going that way. Build your personal heuristic repository. Learn about heuristics. Begin to embrace heuristics. Begin to apply heuristics, whether you're doing a design or redesign heuristics can be used to help drive optimal success for your initiative. But if you don't know anything about heuristics, you're going to have a very difficult time. You're going to do things. You, you'll come up with a design. Let's just put it that way. Anybody will come up with a design and there are a thousand different ways to design everything. So, but if you have heuristics on your side, it will help you to put things together in a way that because the heuristics proven principles, best practices, common conventions. We know when we do certain things, we know what will and won't work when we have sound knowledge of heuristics. So let's make sure that we do that today. Usability, heuristics, need to know about usability factors. 
We need to know about information architecture. These are some of the foundational tenets of UX folks. We need to understand that UX research is not just, matter of fact, it's not at all. <laughs> to correct myself before I say that, it's not about asking someone what they think. Research is, is you're trying to conduct tests. You're trying to gather information. You're trying to present different things to folks so you can validate design direction. You need to understand what's a valid way to proceed, what's not a valid way to proceed, what works and what doesn't work. Don't make assumptions, but you can tap into several different types of research, not just one or two. If you're doing remote usability testing, for example, but you're not using any other type of research with that, guess what? You're not going to go very far. You can't get much done. I cannot get much done if the only tool we have in our toolbox is remote usability testing. That's not the only research. Don't just do that and say you're a researcher. You're falling short. There are up to 99 different methods that we can use when it comes to UX research. And there's about 12 to 15 that we're likely to use in almost any given time. The ones that are more likely to be used in any viable UX environment. So find out what they are. Look to see which ones are best suited for what it is that you're working on and get busy. Build your expertise. Don't worry about what you don't know. And for God's sake, don't don't fake it till you make it. That's that's counsel that comes through misinformation. Continue to learn what you don't know, realize what you do know, fill the gaps, which is the next step. So I'm ahead of myself again. You want to be very aware of your personal knowledge and skill gaps. And it's not a bad thing. If you don't know something, you don't know. Big deal. There was a time that none of us knew. But look at us now. Look where you were a year ago. Look where you were two years ago. Look where you were three th three years ago, five years ago, 10 years ago. We're all something greater. We're all something different. We all bring something else to the table that we did not once bring. And, and when we didn't know something and we were introduced to it, we just added that to our toolbox. That's all we're asking people to do today. It's not difficult to grow, but you do have to face up to what you do and don't know. But doubling back, because there's two more parts of that foundational element, those foundational tenets. We need to be sound in interaction design principles, and we need to understand some things about interface design, UI, that thing that a lot of people think is UX because they misdefine the discipline, it's a part of UX. It is a subset of UX. It is not the predominant aspect of UX, but it is a part of UX. And whether you're responsible for the presentation layer or not, you have some responsibility to contribute to it. And you should be able to look at it when the visual designers are done to be able to talk about whether or not it's, it's uh, issues associated with accessibility are being addressed properly. You need to be able to address whether or not the white space is used properly, whether or not the, the scannability is optimal. You need to be able to see whether or not go through the task flows and you and I need to be able to, to identify whether or not the cognitive load is suitable to make sure that the learning curves are not. See, folks, this is UX. It's not about making thing, things look pretty. There's a lot of other things going on when it comes to UX. 
and people keep trying to paint pictures today to make UX look like something that it's not. And so those three things, if you make sure that you properly define the discipline, if you make sure that you embrace the foundational tenets of UX that I listed out, and make sure that you are constantly identifying personal knowledge and skill gaps, keep doing that, you will develop a filter automatically. You will develop a filter. It will help you to understand when to give something a thumbs up, when to give it a thumbs down. And if more and more people would do this, the inaccurate, non-authoritative, the dangerous sources would basically dry up. Now, will they dry up a, a, a little dose of reality? No, they won't because there's a bunch of people who will never do what I'm talking about. But for those of you who are under the sound of my voice today, if you understand the viability of what I'm talking about, I'm begging you, please, for the good of the discipline today, let's make sure that we are committed to making a stand against misinformation. It's doing a, a gross disservice to the discipline as a whole, to people in the discipline, to organizations where misinformation has a heartbeat, and to the users that we all serve. Let's make sure that we're committed and watch things fly, watch things take off. Watch yourself soar in the midst of your own practice today. What we got to root out, misinformation folks, is doing a lot of damage today. And it will continue to do damage if people continue to not take it seriously and paint pictures of those of us that are calling these things out, uh, demonizing us. Uh, it's inappropriate, it's inaccurate, it's unethical. Uh, it's misinformation. <laughs> Go figure. Folks, but that's all the time we have for today. We're going to get back to our normal length here, get a little closer to it today. Thanks again for joining me. Happy birthday to us here at the World of UX. Glad you joined us today, but we're signing off now. So this is Darren Hood, the host of the World of UX. Happy UXing, everybody. Thanks for joining us for this session of CX of M Radio. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and visit cxofm.org for more resources.